about even in the unknown. So as I begin to jump into this, Father, I'm asking this, that you cause this word to resonate into the heart and the lives and the minds of each person that's hearing what I have to say for these next few minutes today. Let the words that I share today not be words that come out of the mind of Steve Parker, but may they be in every way, may it come to these as it came to me. And that is out of the heart of God. My hope and my prayer is today that I say to these people, what you put in me as well as you said it to me. I don't want to take anything away, and I don't want to add anything to it. If in my communicating what you have put in me, it creates any confusion at all, I pray that in the mind of the hearer, you clear it up. Help me today. In the parts of me that are still Adam, Holy Spirit, navigate through those parts so that the Spirit of Christ is revealed and only the Spirit of Christ. I'm thankful that by your word, by your anointing, by the purpose that you raised each of us up in, I'm thankful that by all of that and because of all of that, you've entrusted us with a world that needs to be changed. The person to the right of us or the person to the left of us this morning might need a miracle, and we don't know it. The person in front or behind us today might need to know you, or they might need a revelation of what knowing you really is beyond what knowing you is to them right now, whatever that is. Help us today, and even in our unknown, show up. Even in our unknown, be present and be glorified. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, don't ever think that Yahweh is out of range and that He doesn't know where you are. How many have ever felt like He has no idea what's going on in my life right now? Go ahead and be honest. How many have ever felt that way? He has no idea what's going on in my life. That's right. I, I mean, I could raise my hand. There have been times I've looked up and I've thought, what? If, did I do something this week that suddenly it just doesn't matter to you anymore? I'm being honest. What happened? Where are you? I really could use you right now because there's a lot going on in my world and, I, and I'm feeling like, you know, you told me that your promise to me was that I could walk in peace and I'm not feeling real peaceful right now. Who vacated, me or you? But I want to tell you today that even in the unknown, everybody say this with me, even in the unknown, even in the unknown Yahweh, is there. Yahweh is there. Even in our unknowns, Yahweh is there. Let's talk about them this morning. I want to tell you a story about a, a man, a kid, young man that I knew in junior high school. I shared this in charge this past Thursday with the kids. But when I was in junior high school, I knew very little about God. Very little. When I say very little, I mean nothing. And I knew nothing. What I did know was I had seen the hand of God. I, didn't, I would not have identified it that way. Um, but I was privy to conversations about God. So I felt like I had some context about what God is expected to do in people's lives. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I felt like, you know what? This is what I hear adults talking about, so I'm assuming that's what God's supposed to do. Even, it didn't even matter if, if in their conversation they were talking about what God is supposed to do, and then I didn't see Him doing it. 
What mattered was what I had heard. So I would pick up these little bits and pieces of this is, oh, this is God. This is what God does. This is what God does. And then I took and ran with it, man. I mean, I would run with it. I'd put that in my pocket like a shiny quarter. This is what they say God will do. You know, someone couldn't pay the bills, whether it was parents, family, whoever it was, couldn't pay the bills, but God will provide. God will provide. Put that in my pocket. Somebody's sick, we're going to pray and we're going to believe for healing. Or was the case, is the case in many, many ways still today. It is, you know, as believers, man, I probably shouldn't say this because, I, you know, I ask God to clear up any confusion if I said something that confused you. But I'm going to tell you that, that mm, Steve, should you go there? I'm not. But I put things in my pocket, little shiny quarters, and I would hear people say things, and I would hear comments being made about who God was, what God was capable of. And, and man, I'd take that and I'd put it in there, especially if, if I heard a little comment that I thought, man, I could really use that God. Even as a kid, man, I could really, I need that God right now. I need that God that shows up when I don't know what else to do, even though I'm a kid. So I'm 11, 12, in the sixth grade, so however old I was. Let's see, I, I'm, I was in the sixth grade. So I'm 11 or 12 years old, and I'm in school, and I'm sitting at a table, and there's a young man, a friend of mine that was, uh, we hung out together, we played baseball together and out on the lot, kickball, whatever was available. But he liked sports like I did, and so he and I were sitting at the table, we were talking in a class, his name was Jeff Latchaw. And as I'm sitting with Jeff Latchaw, he's talking, and I won't go into all the details because I don't remember all the details exactly as they were, but again, I had just enough I can't call it knowledge. I don't know what you call it. I had just enough words in my head to be able to address some things that he was talking about. He was sharing some things, and he was saying some things, and, and, and I just basically said to him, I said, Jeff, you know God is real. Now, at that point in my life, I don't even know that God's real. He's only real because I heard someone say He's real in my world. People that were around me that, that I loved and, and uh, respected, using that word loosely, but people that were around me that I loved and respected, using both of those words loosely, would say, God is real. And this is what a real God does. And they would make these little comments. And, and I'm sitting at the table, and long story short, I'm talking to Jeff about these things, and I'm saying these things because he's, he's talking about stuff that I, I believe that I've heard the answer to. Even if I don't understand the answer. I, I don't understand what I'm talking about, Jeff, but I heard this. In fact, I'm believing it will work more for Jeff than it will for me. I believe it. Jeff, if you can get this, he will do it for you. He hasn't done it for me, but I believe he will do it for you. So we're sitting at that big round table. We're sitting at the chairs. There's several people sitting at the table with us, and, and it's just me and Jeff having a conversation. I'm telling God loves you, man. God loves you, and God will change your life, and you just need to trust God. Well, I don't. Well, you just need to trust. I'm telling you, Jeff, you just trust God. We're buds. And we never had another conversation. Class started. Class was over. We went home. We played baseball. We did whatever we did. We went on. Never heard another conversation out of Jeff. Not one word. Never about that. And we talked about a lot of other things. Did things we shouldn't have done. Said things we shouldn't have said in the time that we were in the same school together. And then about 
I tried to find it this weekend. I couldn't find. Yeah, this weekend I couldn't find it. But then about probably, I don't know. Facebook was new, so whenever Facebook came out, that'll give you an idea. Facebook was relatively new. We were connecting with friends. I was really into Facebook at the time, and and I'm looking and I'm just trying to find anybody that I ever knew on Facebook. And I'm looking and I'm searching and, and I found some people and I befriended them and I befriended this one or whatever you call it and I did this and I did that and I was building my friendship group, my friends group. And then some years ago, I get this message from somebody and, and it says on the message, it just you know it clicks you the little notification and I click on that little notification and it's a message from Jeff Latchaw, who now I'm probably, right today I'm 58, I'll be 59 in a month, so what would I have been, maybe 40, mid-40s? Maybe late 40s. So it would have been almost 40 years later from that conversation sitting across that table from Jeff Latchaw. And I get this message from Jeff and he said, hey, Steve Parker, he said, if you're Steve Parker that went to school with me at such and such a school in the sixth grade and you talk to me about God, I just want you to know I never forgot it and I want you to know it changed my life. Never spoke to that man between that table and that classroom when I was 11 or 12 years old and whatever age I was when he sent that message on Facebook. I've never spoken to him again other than to reply and that was it. We've never had another conversation. Even in the unknown, say it with me, even in the unknown, unknown. you don't know what God might do. In fact, I'm going to take it a little bit further. I'm going to say this to you, that even in the unknown, know that God is doing. All those years, to me, I'm having a conversation with a man about something I know absolutely nothing about. Except for what I'd heard, little bits and pieces. I mean, that's what we do. That's what the church world does. We parrot what we hear. We hear a preacher preach something, and we go preach it to somebody else. We don't find out for ourselves is this word and spirit. You hear me today? Don't put me on a pedestal. Don't exalt me. I'm Steve Parker, just like you are. You hear me say something that you believe is contrary to word and spirit, you ask Holy Spirit about it. Is anybody hearing me today? But I heard some words, and I parroted those words. And almost 40 years later, 30-some years later, here's a guy that says, you don't know it until now, but I want you to know, I remember that conversation we had at that table just before science class or social studies class. I want you to know, I heard that conversation, and it changed my life, and I'm serving God today because of that conversation. Even in the unknown. Even when I did not know that God was working, He was. In the middle of what you don't know, I want you to hear these, what I'm about to say. This is in your notes and you can follow. I want you to highlight it. I wish I would have put it in bold. But in the middle of what you don't know, Yahweh is looking for faithful priests, leaders, inspirers, And then hear this, time changers. I almost titled this message this morning, Time Changers. Even
even in the middle of what you don't know, He is looking for faithful priests. Those who will stand up and who will declare what He is speaking to them without shame, without reservation. I want to tell you today, being a priest in your home, in your world, on the earth, being a priest does not mean that everybody in the congregation that He has given you, and I'm not talking about on Sunday morning, it doesn't mean that everybody that's listening to what you have to say is going to come into agreement with what you have to say. Being a priest means I'm going to hear the voice of God and I'm going to be faithful over what the Word of the Lord is in my life. In the middle of what you and I don't know, in the middle of our unknown, the Father is looking for faithful leaders. People that will rise up and they won't look at the crowds around them and they won't summarize or sum it up and say, this is the place it needs to be said, this is the place it doesn't. In this place, I can be true to what I believe, but in this place it might be better for me to compromise. No, the Father's looking for true leaders that will stand up, they know what they believe, and no matter who the crowd is, no matter who gathers around them, they stand up and they say, this is who I know I am. I am a son of God. I am a child of the Most High God and I will not compromise who I am and what He's called me to because of the crowd that I'm in. Even in my unknown. I didn't know I was going to be gathered with this group of people today. I didn't know I was going to be sitting in this coffee shop today. I didn't know I was going to be standing in the line at Publix today. I didn't know someone's going to be reading the back of my shirt, John 21, 26, a verse that's not even in the Bible, but it is in the heart of God. I didn't know someone was going to be paying attention to that, but what I do know is even in that unknown, I was prepared. And when the opportunity came to demonstrate that He is God and there's not another, I didn't back down from the moment. I'm a leader. Somebody say with me this morning, I'm a leader. leader. Say it again, say I'm a leader. What does it mean? It means that even in what we don't understand and even in what we don't know, it doesn't mean we have an opportunity to put the coat over our head. Just because we're not certain about where we're at and where we're going doesn't mean that we go and we hide behind a rock. Just because we're not certain about the place He's positioned us in doesn't mean I zip my lips. No matter where I find myself and no matter where you find yourself, I'm going to tell you what leaders do. Leaders aren't afraid of what they do know. Even if what they do know is only one sentence. Jeff Latchaw, God loves you. I don't know anything else. But I heard someone say God loves you and I believe that with my whole heart. I cannot tell you even how to receive Jesus Christ. But what I can tell you is that God loves you, Jeff. Even in the unknown. He is at work. In the middle of what you don't know, he's looking for inspirers. What's that? What makes an inspirer different than a leader? Well, one of the significant things I think is leaders tend to make people mad. Leaders tend to divide a crowd. Leaders tend to stand up and say, This is the way, walk in it. If you can't, Hasta la vista. Inspirers move the house. People who inspire don't divide the crowd. 
they inspire the hearer. And as people are gathered around and they're listening and they're hearing what they're saying, they sense something in the one that is speaking, he or she, wherever they may be, whether it be behind a pulpit or it be behind the counter at Walmart. It doesn't matter where they might be. And Inspire begins to speak and the Father is looking for Inspires, those who are so full of who He is. When they open their mouth, it causes everyone in the room to suddenly focus their attention on those words. There are times when in my life the priest anointing shows up more than others. There are times in my life when the leader anointing shows up more. I can divide faster than oil and water. There are times when the inspirer shows up so that when people are under the sound of my voice, all of a sudden everyone in the room is saying, that's what I want to lay hold of. I want that. And he's looking for the priests who dive in, who talk, who come to know, who teach, who have the patience to lead and to guide and to show the way. He's looking for the leaders who will stand up and say, I'm going to tell you, if you go that way, it's death. If you go this way, it's life. Choose this day who it is you're going to serve. He's looking for inspirers. Let me tell all of you who are making the wrong choice. Let me help you come to a better decision. And then, in the middle of our unknown, but right in the middle of His known, He's looking for time changers. Time changer. Everybody say time changers. So I got up this morning. I do what I do every morning. I get my computer out. I check my email every morning. I'm like clockwork. I'm, I just do. I skim through the nail, uh, mail. I peruse through all the news. And I look at this and I just look at headlines and see, does any of this catch my attention? I was captivated by what's going on between Hamas and Israel today. Sorting out all the reasons why there has to be division among them today. Because when they needed a leader, one did not step up. Another story, another time. Hamas is, the whole idea of Hamas, it exists because of man's disobedience to Yahweh's word. But I'm perusing through all of this news. And then I come across this one article that says something to this effect. It was in the Washington Post or Washington something. But it said the decline of the church population or group, or how I forgot the exact title, but it was the declining church's population, the population of the church declines again or something like that. I thought, let me read this. So I start reading this article. I read the whole hours long, and I read the whole article. And I'm reading through that article, and I'm reading all the ways and all the reasons why they're saying that the population of the church is declining. I shared some years ago, I don't know how many years ago, it's been seven or eight years ago, and I shared a statistic for the first time in recorded history, the population of the church world of believers declined. That was the first time it had ever happened. Declined. There has not been an increase in believers in any given year since that time. The population of believers statistically has declined every year since of those who confess to be believers in Jesus Christ. Every year. 
has declined, have not had one year. Even though someone might say, well, I know about 10 people who got saved, but you also know about 40 that walked out. So I'm reading through that article, and I'm reading all the reasons why, and it's giving its points and what have you, and I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking to myself, I can't disagree with any of these. One of them was, in the beginning was, the reason the church is in decline today and people are leaving the church is because they don't align with the church socially. And I thought, I can't disagree with that. Another one is, because the church isn't tolerant enough. And I thought, I can't disagree with that. People leave the church because the church isn't tolerant enough. doesn't mean by saying that, that I believe the church needs to be more tolerant. It just means I can't disagree with what they were saying. So I go down this list. I can't disagree with anything they're saying. But the one thing that was absent was the power of God was absent in this article. People are leaving the church. Not one comment was on there because people said, I no longer experience the power of God. Because the focus of the world today, and when I'm talking about time changers, you're going to hear what I'm saying right now. Even in the unknown, I want you to know, Yahweh's working. Because people don't go to churches today to experience the power of God. Even this week, you might be here this morning. If you're here this morning, please, I'm not passing judgment on you. I hope that through my comment that I'm about to say, I hope that you grow from this and that you learn from this. But even this week, we got an email at the church. We get these frequently. And the questions in the email were, do you do this at your church? Do you do this at your church? Do you do this at your church? Do you allow this at your church? And it has their little bullet points. Do you allow this? Do you allow this? Do you allow this? Please respond. I would like to visit your church on Sunday. Now the Adam part of me wants to say, it doesn't matter. But I instructed... Sam to reply to them, and I said, when I, you reply, I simply want you to tell them, come and see. Thank you for your inquiry. But come and see. But there was no question in that bullet point list, is the power of God present? Is there any anointing there? I can't stand in this pulpit on any given Sunday or any time that I teach on an off day that we, I might teach, and everybody in this room agree with everything that I have to say. I don't even care if you do or don't. What matters to me is in what I'm saying is the Father speaking to you. And sometimes even when you disagree with what I'm saying, that is the Father speaking and saying, consider what just happened. Consider what you just heard. People who leave houses of worship where the Father has joined them to, People who leave a ministry that God has joined them to and they leave simply because they disagree with something or they don't see it that way and it doesn't align with their ways. People who leave for that reason will leave the next place for that reason and the next place for that reason and the next place for that reason. 
But when people come in and they say, I'm going to be planted and through what I agree with and through what I disagree with, I'm going to watch God grow me into something that is strong and stable and unmovable. That's time changers. And what we need today, we have priests among us, which I hope each of us are. We have leaders among us, and I hope in the places that the Father's called us, each of us are. We have inspirers among us, and I hope that at any moment that He gives us the opportunity to inspire and be an inspiration, we, we lay hold of that moment. But what we're lacking today are time changers. People who are willing to look at the times that we're in and not worry about the time that we're in. But know that the condition of the time that I exist in, I was born for such a time as this. To make a difference in this time. I don't know how, but even in my unknown, God does not become any weaker. He is not less God because I don't understand. He is not less God because I don't know. He is not less God because I feel ill-prepared. In fact, in those moments, He is more God now than He ever was God before now. Is anybody hearing what I have to say this morning? He's called you and He's called me to be time changers. You've been given time. This is your time. This is your time. Today. Today. This is your time. And I hope right now in the middle of all of this that I'm speaking to you, I hope I'm all of these things. I hope I'm a priest. I hope I'm a leader. I hope I'm inspiring. And I believe with all my heart I'm changing time right now. Because we can choose. You and me. We can choose right now. This whole thing. These times that we're in. There's just nothing I can do. I'm just going to sit back, God, and say it's all up to you. We can choose to say times are bad, times are rough, times are ugly, times are hard. Nothing I can do about it, Father. Or we can stand up and we can say, I'm changing time. I'm going to change time because I talk to God. I'm going to change time because I hear God. I'm going to change time because I have, I'm raising up another generation. I'm going to change time because I'm believing that God is going to do an amazing work. There's an incredible person, an incredible situation. I talked about it a little bit this morning, but I want to read 1 Samuel 2 this morning. 1 Samuel 2 verse 35 says, And I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house, and he will go in and he will go out before my anointed forever. I want to read it again. And I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. Speaking of Samuel here, but you and me today. Who will do according to what not only is in my heart, but also what is in my mind. And I will build him a sure house, and he will go in and out before my anointed forever. And then I want to jump to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 says this, now the boy Samuel. Everybody say the boy. The 
If you're under 18 in this house right now, stand with me. Well, some of you are helping in other areas, but stand with me if you're under 18 in this house. We have a few still in here. Keep standing. Now the boy, Samuel. Now the boy, Samuel. Let me, let me, let me say it a little differently. Now the child. He was not yet an adult. Now the child, Samuel. I want everybody except for those of you that are standing this morning to say everybody. Everybody say this. Say, now the child, now the child Samuel. Samuel. You can be seated. Was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli the priest. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision and yet he spoke to the child, Samuel. Samuel, my last judge, you are about to change time. The times that we find ourselves in is about to be changed, child, by you. Even though the word of the Lord is rare in these days, Samuel, the voice you hear, it really is God's. Eli, I keep hearing you calling me. I've come. Son, I haven't called you. Next night, Eli, you called me again. Son, I didn't call you. But you go and go to sleep again. And in the middle of that, when you hear that voice that says, Samuel, listen to me. I have something I want to say. I want you to respond and say, what saith you, Lord? What saith you, Lord? Eli, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Lord. I don't know who this is. I don't know. I've never heard his voice. I don't know if it's his voice. I don't know. I don't know, Eli. I don't know. No, this is what I want you to do, Sammy. Even in the unknown, I want you to say, what saith you, Lord? Even when I don't understand, what saith you, Lord? He sleeps again. Hey, Samuel. Wake up. Well, everything in me wants to go to Eli. But I know what he told me. What saith you, Lord? This is what I say, son. Change the times. Rise up. Change the times. Prophesy. Begin to speak to what you don't know. But I reveal to you. Begin to call forth what isn't yet but will be when you begin to declare it. Do you hear me today? 
Samuel goes on, interestingly enough, identifies, calls out, prophesies over, anoints both Saul and David. Think about this. Samuel. Especially because of the lack of Eli, who in his own house, he has two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, who Scripture calls renegades, reprobates. Out, they were rascals. Depends on which version you use. In my version, they were just dimwits. No reverence for the purpose of God. And it might be said Eli couldn't raise his own sons, but somehow he raised Samuel. He didn't raise Samuel. Eli didn't raise Samuel. Yahweh put him in Eli's house so that he could see what not to do when he had authority. Eli educated Samuel, but he did not raise Samuel. <laughs> so this is a crazy thing. Samuel goes out, anoints David later, and Saul, or Saul and David, anoints them. Do you know what's crazy about that? Do you know what Yahweh did? He understood the heart of Samuel. He stands for something greater than himself. He understands that what he does today is going to impact the next generation. He's a time changer. He's not leaving the responsibility to those who's coming after him. He is preparing the now for those who are coming. Does anybody hear me in this house today? So in all of our unknown, and let's be real, we pass through our days, Sarah. We pass through our days, Sid. We pass through our days, Jeb. We pass through our days, Tim. We move through our days, and we get so busied up, we don't even consider the priest that I am, or the leader that I am, or the inspirer that I am, and most assuredly, not the time changer that I've been called to be. So we move through the moments, and we, we, can, we simply move through, and we process, and we say, it's just the way things are, kids. I can't tell you how many times I've heard kids say to me, when I say to them, rise up, be a difference, choose better, and they say, that's just our generation. How many of you have heard that before? Oh, you don't understand, our generation, that's just what our generation does. You can't go anywhere and that not be present. Yes. Wherever you go, you can make what is present different. To say that's just this generation is to say, I've given up. I have no hope. I have no authority. I have no anointing. God can't do anything miraculous in me. 
To say what is will always be is to say it's over, it's done, but I'm still going to lift my hands on Sunday morning. No, no, and no again. I'm telling you today. Young, old, and older. As my wife says, no matter how many birthdays that you've had, I'm going to tell you today, He's called you to be a time changer, so wherever you find yourself, change the time. Don't accept. This is just our generation. This is just what we do. Is it? No. And I'm not talking just to the younger folks. I'm talking to the older folks. Older folks, I'm stuck in my ways. I've been doing this for so long, I can't see it any other way. It's time to be a time changer. Come here, Tim. I'm going to do that again. I want to look in your face, though, when I do that. I'm not going to look past you. That's right. Come into agreement with that. Sometimes that's how we say amen in this house. If you're wondering, what in the world are they doing? That's our, man, we're striking hands. We're saying amen to the word. Sometimes it takes more than words to state what Holy Spirit's speaking to us. So where are you? Even in your unknown. See, a lot, a lot of times, unfortunately, I'm going to wrap it up. But a lot of times, unfortunately, our unknown is anything that's around us that's unknown, it's unknown because we're not paying attention. Yeah. We think it's coming from a source that doesn't really belong to Yahweh. It's just like Samuel went to Eli. Eli, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? Go back and ask God, what did you say? You're listening to all you. You stop listening to the voice because you said it's this one, it's this one, and this one. Go back and listen to the voice of the Father. What's he saying? Son, don't find yourself there. Don't find yourself among those people. Son, don't find yourself speaking like that. Son, don't find yourself, daughter, don't find yourself making those choices. Don't find yourself engaging in that. Don't find yourself in that conversation over the table. Ah, but it's awkward if I say, I'm not talking about that. Be awkward. Be a time changer. Do you hear me this morning? So stand with me in my heart today, Father, in the heart of this people. You've called us. We're priests. We're leaders. We're inspirers. We want to be time changers. I want to change this. these times that we are in. The world's given up. I mean, in the news today, even the news, even those who don't even know you are saying, oh, the church is falling apart. It's coming apart at the seams. But we know that the church isn't the building we gather in, but the church is the people that you fill. So the church is in this room. However many are represented in this room, under the sound of my voice today, these churches aren't falling apart. These churches aren't losing heart. These churches aren't losing their place, losing their confidence. These churches aren't falling away. These churches aren't looking to another source. These churches aren't focused only on what we agree upon. These churches are focused on what is the word of the Lord and what does He want to do with me. These churches want to lead. These churches want to inspire. These churches want to be a voice. These churches want to walk out of those places where you do not exist. You do not dwell. These churches want to bless only what you bless. Curse only what you curse. Father, today, I'm thankful for your anointing. And I'm thankful for your word. So today, we align ourselves with your purpose. 
And I don't know all of the ways and all of the places that you're going to position us. I don't know how he's going to position you, Matt. I don't know where he's going to put you tomorrow or this afternoon or next week. I don't know where you might find yourself, Alicia. I don't know, Alex Lagarde, where you might find yourself. I don't know what all he wants to do, Denise. I don't know, Sherry. I don't know, Isaac, what he wants to do with you. I don't know, Chad, where he wants to put you next week. Yes. But when we are aligned with him and we say, Father, I am your priest. I am your leader. I am your inspirer. And I am a time changer. And you can depend on me and I know your voice. Man. We can change the world. I'm looking for the next article. I'm looking for another article that comes out that says what's happening. The church calls it revival. The world calls it revival. I'm just going to simply say, I'm going to watch God's hand move. Why is it happening? Because God got a hold of some folks. So let me just remind you today that even when you don't know, I know. Even when you are unaware, I'm very aware. Even in the unknown, I'm still God. So even when you're walking in the unknown, still live like you believe I'm your God. Because in that unknown, I'm going to do the miraculous. And what you do today might not show up for 30, 40 years. But if you will trust me with what I've given you in those moments, I promise you I will turn that seed into a tree. Amen. So Father, to that today, we give you glory. And we honor you today. We recognize that you are working in us. And this world, though it belongs to you, because it belongs to you, you've given us responsibility to rule and to reign over it to sow your word into it, to sow your truths into it, to be your anointing in the middle of it. Today we lay hold of that. Knowing, knowing every day that whatever you touch and to whatever and to whomever you speak, if we will follow what we hear with obedience, fruit, will come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together this morning. I cannot emphatically enough, Roxanne, I cannot emphatically enough, China, Curleen, Nick, Al, Jimmy, I cannot with enough emphasis say to you, change the times we are in. Be responsible to change the times we are in. Acceptance is not an option. It is not an option.
Empower your sons and daughters today. Father, I thank you today. 